Hello, this is Leisha Holmes of Key Recruitment, and I'm absolutely thrilled today to be joined by Helen Phillips of The Contract Doctor. Hello to you, Helen, how are you? Hi, Leisha. I am good, thank you. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. So for those of you in, who are listening and watching who aren't familiar with what Helen does or The Contract Doctor, can you give us an overview as to what you actually do and who you help? Yes, of course. So we are a small company. There's four of us. We run a affordable legal and compliance services for startups and SMEs. We've got a main focus on the recruitment sector. That's where most of us came from in recruitment. Um, and we help people either on an ad hoc basis, so you can get your templates looked at, we can do ad hoc client reviews, or we have a retention service, so you can basically outsource your entire back office to us. Ah, okay, so you, you say you came from a recruitment background, so were you doing this role in a recruitment firm or were you actually a recruitment consultant? And I gave recruitment a try for about three months and did not enjoy it at all. But I had come from a legal background. So thankfully, the recruitment company that I was at, they were big enough that they said, come and move over, join us in the legal team because we want to keep you. Um, and then I've just moved around from different recruitment companies working in their back office, which was actually what gave me the idea to start the company because the bigger recruitment companies you find... Their back office is either too lean and you are working non-stop, there's just no time to get on top of things, or they have too many people mm. and you just sit around and think, oh, what shall I do today? Right. And I thought when I moved to smaller recruitment companies that it would be different. I'd get to set up their back office, I'd get to arrange how many people we have. But there's a certain niche of recruitment companies that have around 50 staff, they've got maybe... 120 runners are busy for them the recruiters they're really busy they're on the phone all the time but for you in the back office 120 runners means that you've got a couple of extensions to do you might have a client review coming in yeah but once you've set up that back office once you've got the contract management in place once the templates are sorted out once you've done things like the gdpr processes in place again you just sit around and you think oh there's nothing to do yeah, waiting for things to come in, sending things out, and then internet shopping. And I said to my director, you are paying me to internet shop a lot of the time. I don't do a lot. You could use me much more effectively. And his response was, I earn enough money that I can pay you to internet shop. So if I want your bum on that seat, I will keep paying you to do what you're currently doing. I wouldn't say that now. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I wow. know. So that's why I set up purely to help those that are in that niche rather than paying someone to sit there every single day. You're paying their holiday pay, paying their sick pay, you know, you're paying the taxes, pension, all of these additional things. Yeah. Just outsource it and we can do that for you and you don't have anyone off sick because we're all there. And effectively, that's where an outsource service of any type, but particularly with legal and compliance, I think a lot of recruiters, that's the last thing that they think about. They just want the deal in. So what you're doing is you're plugging effectively in their safety net to ensure that they're complying with everything that needs to, especially with things like AR35 compliance, but GDPR you talk about and all the different elements, but even things like terms of business, presumably, when you're sending out a contract to a new client, you can literally be that plug-in outsource for a recruitment company, even if it's just a one-person band, presumably. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of our clients are actually one people. One people. One people. One person. Person. <laughs> They're just the one person sat there. And, you know, you wear so many hats when yeah. you're that one person in the company and you just don't have time. You want to go out there. You need to earn that money. 
Do you have time to read terms? The likelihood is you're just going to sign. Oh, these will do. It's a deal. Get this out. Right. right. We can start filling. But you don't know what your risks are. What if actually you've got a massive liability clause in there that if a contract terminates early, you owe the entire fee to your contractor. Oh. You don't know that. You haven't seen the contract. You're not getting that money from your client. So there's a lot of things that people don't understand when it comes to contracts and they just sign to get the deal done. No, and actually, like you say, for, for a lot of businesses, it's it's a false economy to think that by avoiding this, this is something that, you know, they'll save themselves a few pennies or a few pounds. But actually, you are a very cost effective way to ensure that their business is robust, especially going forward. Now, I invited you onto the show because we're part of an amazing community of, of business women. And we are going to talk about something quite personal, but I just want to... Um, given the timing of the recording of this, obviously we've just gone into the sort of new stage of, of restrictions and um, all my clients are recruitment companies and I think a very hot topic is around the legality um, over the sort of onus on where to work, i.e. Uh, the message from the government is you can work, you should work from home if you can. However, I think what has certainly been the case for the last six months uh, after we came out of lockdown is that recruitment companies prefer to have people working sometimes in the office basically productivity is impacted by those that go remotely because not everybody can work remotely full-time so i appreciate we've not gone through anything like this before but as we as we record this the 23rd of september 2020 what would your advice be for people listening and watching that right now who are recruitment business owners who have worked really hard to get their offices covid safe we're going to assume that they're covid safe because otherwise they shouldn't be even letting people in the office who being asked by their employees whether they should come in or not i don't think it should be up to the owner to really give that restriction and say no you can't come in because you don't know what someone's personal situation is they might literally not be able to work at home so they physically cannot carry out their role but you do need to obviously make sure that your office is covid safe the onus i think would be on the employee then if they have established i need to go into the office they've gone in, they're complying with all the COVID rules. If they catch it somewhere in between, I don't think really the employee can be held responsible for that because yes, they have a duty of care. They've done all they can. Your employee is telling you, I physically cannot work in their mental health. So you've also got a duty of care to look after that mental health aspect. I mean, we've never been through this before. I can't say properly. We've not had a law case on it. We don't know where the onus lies, but as an employer, you need to make sure that you're looking after your staff. I think that is the most important thing. Is there a mental health aspect? Can they do their job from home? Are you complying with the government guidelines? And I think if you've done all of those three things, you've looked at all of these aspects, you shouldn't have to restrict people going into the office because you are actually helping them. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. And I think that in, in, in its entirety will get shared an awful lot. Um, over the coming days and it's an ever-changing picture as we know um, and if there is any future case study we will ask you to just do a, a quick sort of oversight for our community which I'm sure you'd be happy to do but hopefully there won't be any but we'll see what happens with that. So the reason I invited you on here today is that you've, you've, you've shared quite a, a sort of personal story with myself but you know you started your business when faced with medical um, issues so do you want to, I mean whatever you, you have to talk about but how you've coped with that as a business owner because then I, I think you're looking to hopefully advise and support other business owners who are maybe going through a similar situation. Yeah, absolutely. So when I set up the company, I had quite severe kidney failure and 
everybody I told, I'm thinking of setting up this business. I think it's a niche. I think it will really help companies to be cost effective. They'll have me to talk to. And everyone said to me, you're insane. You have kidney failure. Why, why would you leave a job where you're secure to do this? Um, but for me, I also wanted it to make my life easier. So I wanted to be able to work around hospital appointments. I wanted to be able to work around, eventually work around dialysis. You know, I wanted that flexibility of how I work and make it kind of like a lifestyle business, really. You know, I wanted to make the most of my life, go and work on the beach. And until maybe one year in, when work started getting a little bit too much, I did make the most of being able to travel and work everywhere and I could do whatever I wanted. And I think that should be the same for a lot of people who are in the same situation. They're thinking, I've got this great idea for a business, Oh, but I've also got this illness, so maybe I shouldn't do it. You do have to be sensible, obviously. You do have to think, can I rely on people? Do I have people around me? And I didn't have that when I set up. No. So I do a lot of video calls in the hospital, <laughs> sitting on a windowsill so nobody knew that I was in the hospital and things like that. But we are there for that now. So we have that back office function where actually you don't have to be on your own. You can call us. We've got a VA who works for us. So it can be a case of, I need to rearrange all of these calls. We can do that for you. It can be a case of these contracts need to go out. Otherwise I'm not going to get paid. We can do that for you. Right. So we also support people as they're going through personal issues that they might not want to tell anyone else. There's no judgment from us. We don't fee people like an extortional basis. We offer actually really flexible payment terms for people as well. We go up to 90 days with wow. our startups. We don't charge them until they actually start earning. So until you start trading, you don't even receive an invoice from us. So we are kind of a more caring company purely from me having to set up with kidney failure and not having that support network around me. Were you honest with people about your medical condition, as in your clients? <laughs> Were that okay? No, not at all. There was one main client that I did tell the directors because at the time I was about to go for my second kidney transplant wow. and they used me on retention basis. So obviously they yeah. kind of had to know that it might not go well and I don't know what's going to happen um, and they were so nice about it they were really flexible they let me take as much time off as I wanted I actually only took three days off <laughs> oh my gosh I think it's because you get that drive when you're a small business and you need to earn the money yeah. whereas looking back if I'd had the support that I have now so I have a lot more support from small business owners. I've got my own team who can also take things on. Yeah. If I had that back then, I would have definitely, definitely taken more time off. Mm. But I didn't. So I had to get up out there. I had to start working again. But with our company, you don't have to do that. I want to be there to support mm. people no matter how big or how small they are so they don't feel like they're alone. And I think that as we record this now, I think that society generally has shifted to a more compassionate, generally, more compassionate, more understanding, a bit calmer about things. So I think if you were in that situation now, you probably would have a much more responsive audience than back then. I think it's not a sign of weakness. That I actually think that's incredible strength that physically you were going through, you know, a, a, a life-changing event like that and you only told one client who ultimately you did have a, I guess, a duty of care to tell, didn't you? So that's that's what's the brilliant thing that's come out of this situation is that I think that people's mindsets shifted quite significantly do you think that as well 
I do in some respects. I think the difficulty is when you do have a medical condition is that you feel like if you tell people, they will see it as weakness. Mm. And no matter what everybody else thinks and no matter what everybody else says, you can't stop that mental block in your head. No. And I think, yes, society has become more tolerant and they're more understanding, but at the same time, they still need that project. They still need that assignment that hired you to do. So I think there's still that barrier of, oh, we've hired you to do something. Oh, you're ill. Okay, no worries. It's, you don't want to be discriminated. <laughs> you want to be assessed on your ability to do your job, not because they see it, it straight away as a, you're not going to be able to deliver on something. So, yeah. so what would your advice be to, if there's people watching now, I mean, it could be that people watching it, there might be a business owner who's actually had COVID. And, and I know that some people do have a long lasting condition from it, or maybe if somebody's about to go and have a baby, or maybe somebody's about to go through a major operation, what would your top tips for those individuals be? I think the biggest thing is you have to believe in yourself. You have to know that no matter what's going on, I can still do this. Like no matter what your situation is, it doesn't change who you are. You still have that ability. Mm. And then to allow yourself to understand your ability is so great. You can trust other people. You don't have to keep it to yourself because relying on you just being your own little island is going to make things so much harder. Mm. Yes. Go off, have your baby. Yes. Go off, be ill. Allow yourself to have that freedom, but make sure you've got a support network in place because they will make your life so much easier. <laughs> crazy so if you could turn the clock back you'd probably go back to that helen and say you know what you can ask for help you can you can turn around and say you know what i'm vulnerable right now i need you to help me i need you to support me absolutely there's so many great businesses out there that you can outsource to you've got vas you've got accountants you've got people who can do the sales for you. you've got contractors out there who can do all of the contracts where you've got all of these people out there that can help you, but you just need to believe that you have that ability to pick that back up when it's over. When it's no, over. Just believe in yourself that you can keep doing it. I love you. Well, I think that's a perfect way to finish this. Believe in yourself. And at the moment, that's what we all really need to dig deep and find in us. But you've been a wonderful guest and it's been really inspiring. I have to say what an amazing lady you are. And how, how is your house now? How are things with you? actually been great my last kidney transplant was fantastic so i'm forever grateful for the person who gave it to me um and now my health is is great i think i've actually got more energy than the rest of my team that's crazy good well we need to know what your secret is but it's been wonderful talking to you today thank you so much for joining us helen thank you for having me it's been great you're welcome